So if you want to talk to us, so if you want to talk to us, hit us up on our Twitter, on our hitter, 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 Twitter, Twitter, hitter. It's very late. <laughs> and the home of the Welcome to episode 58 of the Hit the Deck podcast, where we talk deck hockey, street hockey, ball hockey, it's hockey in sneakers. And we are here and we are happy to be back with you once again to talk deck hockey and ball hockey and all that good stuff. How have you been, James? I'm doing pretty well, thanks. How about yourself, sir? Uh, I'm, I've been pretty well myself as well. Uh, I'm especially happy in light of the weekend we had in uh, this past Memorial Day weekend where you and I got to play a, a goodly amount of deck hockey. And I think we'll talk a little bit about that later in the show. But uh, for now, let's just say that it was a great turnout and much fun was had by most, if not all. Agreed. Yeah, I don't know if that was... Uh... Rob's dream come true, but definitely we'll, we'll get more into that later on, and it was worth talking about. And speaking of Memorial Day, James and I hope that you had a great Memorial Day filled with fun and patriotism and, you know, just all that good stuff. So I guess the summer is unofficially here, huh? Yeah, Mother Nature seems to be on the bandwagon too because it's Looking pretty warm lately in the uh, tri-state area of New York, so hopefully we'll uh, keep it going. Yeah, yeah, agreed. And so we shall uh, look forward to that hot, hot weather. I got to tell you, I, I don't know. I say this now, but I, as a goalie, I, I know I'm going to sit here and whine, oh, poor goalie. But seriously, like it was in the upper 60s when we played this weekend, and it felt like much warmer than that. To me, I, I was drowning in my own sweat. I really, I can't imagine what it's going to be like when it's in the 80s. I don't have to imagine because I know because we talked about that when we played in the Rose Charities <laughs> tournament, you know, like a month ago. But yeah, it's just, it's going to be, <laughs> it's not fun. I mean, hockey's always fun, but it's considerably less fun when it's that hot. <laughs> yeah, we, we love the sun. We appreciate it very much. But when it's beating down on you and you're playing hockey outside, it's 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 really difficult, but uh, yeah, I, I don't be careful what we wish for. I don't want a super hot summer, nice and cool. Yes, definitely nice breezes and and nice sun and all that stuff. But exactly, I, I, you could keep the humidity, you could keep the ninety plus degree weather, and I'll be very happy. All right. Well, that being said, why don't we get started with our show today? And so, if you're amenable, I will jump right into tonight's starting lineup. And for tonight's starting lineup, in goal as ever, I am number 35, your American Rhino, Gary McComiskey, and of course, my stalwart co-host. On defense, number four, I'm James Sejazi. Yes, sir. And James Sejazi, would you be so kind as to tell us what is going to be on this podcast? What is on deck for this podcast, number 58? 
You got it, sir. Thank you kindly. The McComiskey Cup. Captain American Rhino, come make a Stanley Cup. The 2017 Stanley Cup final is underway, but back at Christmas time, Gary made his own cup, which has now been dubbed the McComiskey Cup. And he generously gave it to me along with his world-famous popcorn and a beautiful hit-the-deck jersey. The American Rhino will walk us through the creation of this great trophy. The 2017 Stanley Cup Final. Speaking of which, and as we did last year, Gary and I want to know who you are rooting for to hoist the cup this year. One of Batman's more annoying enemies or extinct ferocious saber-toothed tigers. And Deck Hockey Resolution Checkup number 5. Are you tired of this segment yet? If so, please let us know. For now, though, it was a banner day for the LIQ over Memorial Day weekend, and our hard work paid off for the American Rhino and me. And that's what's on deck. Thank you, James. You're welcome, sir. All right. So why don't we jump into this thing? So uh, we're talking about a trophy, huh? Yes. The most important trophy in in the LIQ, as far as I'm concerned. (laughs) The only trophy, I, I think, anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I didn't make it for the LIQ. I made it for you, specifically. Yes, which I don't deserve, and I love it so much. <laughs> Ironically, uh, it is this on this podcast where we were talking about it. It is the one podcast that you are recording on location from another place, and it is normally in the background as we record, but it is not tonight. So, uh, oh... The universe has quite the sense of humor. Good point. I didn't even realize that until you pointed it out now, mm-hmm. so thank you. <laughs> so what do you want to know? I'd love to know the creation of it. You're such a genius and a creative genius at that, and we appreciate how you've done things such as working on the my old man stick, the, the Titan stick, and of course that spectacular scoreboard that you put together for us so generously and so kindly. And another thing that I'm fascinated by is the creation of the McComiskey Cup, how you thought about it, how you put it together, the materials used for it. And I would just love to know this from start to finish, how you thought about it and went about building it and then making your own awesome trophy. All right. So as you said, this was a Christmas present. And so sometime in December, I decided I was going to make you popcorn for Christmas because I know how much you like my popcorn. I wouldn't say it's world famous. I, I don't, you know, I haven't, I was going to say I've never heard uh, people in, you know, like uh, Ghana or Timbuktu talking about how great my popcorn is. But in fairness, I've never been to either of those places. So I guess it's possible, though I don't know how they would have learned about it, unless they listen to the podcast. If you're in Africa and you're listening to the podcast, rock on, man. We are happy to have you. Amen. We're happy to have you anyway, regardless of yeah. where you're listening. I, I don't want to, you know, <laughs> I, I don't want to be some kind of elitist and, and shut out the listeners who aren't on the other side of the world. But that's neither here nor there. So I, I've strayed way off topic. I'm sorry. So okay, anyway, Christmas. I said to myself, I know James loves my popcorn, so I'm going to make him a batch of popcorn. And uh, I was just going I was like, oh, you know, I should give him, I don't want to give it to him in a bag because it's a Christmas gift. So let me just get some kind of container, you know, some kind of cheap container that I can put it in and, and just give him that, like a Tupperware or something. And then I got to thinking, you know, what would be really cool is uh, if there was some kind of Stanley Cup kind of container that uh, I could buy that I could put it in. And I did some looking and searching and what have you, and I really didn't find anything. I mean, you they've got a Stanley Cup popcorn maker. That's actually, I think, what gave me the idea to do it. The NHL sells that. 
it's officially licensed. It is a popcorn maker in the shape of a Stanley Cup. I think the top, the cup part lifts off to reveal the the uh, air popper, and it uh, the the cup part, the top cup part is the bowl that you would put the popcorn in and eat it out of. Which again, that's where I got the idea. So I said, oh, let me, you know, I I have a popcorn maker. I don't need to get that, but. There must, surely, with all this officially licensed NHL stuff, there must be some kind of Stanley Cup container that just serves as a container or, you know, a series of containers because it just makes sense to me. But alas, there is not any such thing that I could find. It may exist somewhere, but I have not been able to locate it. So I said, you know what? Why don't I try and make one? So it's not a... a perfect replica of the Stanley Cup because I am not that skilled of an artisan and and you know not that I didn't want to spend a lot of money on you James not that you're not worth it but I figured oh I'm giving him the popcorn and I'm giving him the jersey so you know I don't want to you know I, I want to make something nice but I'm not gonna go nuts with it it's just a container for popcorn so I I said to myself you know what I bet if I went to the 99 cent store across the street from my house I could find a couple of containers and, and a bowl that I could throw together and uh, I could make some semblance of the Stanley Cup, you know, some facsimile of the uh, greatest trophy in all of sports. And that's what I did. I went across the street. I, I made a few trips to find exactly the right containers that would be proportioned correctly. And so what I wound up with was a, a big kind of Tupperware type uh, cylinder to form the base of the cup and then the the more slender part at the top that's like a, a kind of a jar a small plastic jar and then there's a just a big bowl that's sitting on top of all of that and I painted it silver and the bottom is black and I fastened them together with velcro so each part is detachable in theory and i also over the paint i put a layer of like a clear coat kind of thing that's supposed to be food safe so that way i could put you know uh james could wash it but you could still like if he wanted to eat popcorn out of the bowl he could do so since that's kind of the intention that the, the whole thing that i you know the whole reason i i came up with the idea in the first place and uh so the uh, as james has dubbed it mccomiskey cup was born yeah, those are the best gifts of all time when something is made from the heart and, and made from scratch by hand. So I could definitely vouch for that and thank you very, very much. I Yes, I do not deserve the McComiskey Cup, but I'm not giving it up either. Uh, that, that's, so. that's not true. Oh, just a post, <laughs> quick, quick postscript sure. to the whole thing. Uh, I, I did, in fact, wind up putting the popcorn in the large cylinder, Tupperware cylinder bottom part. I just warned James that it opens from the bottom. So, you know, turn it upside down when you open it, lest the popcorn go falling all over the floor. And and the, the jersey I wound up putting in the in the bowl, just in a bag, just to, to give it to him. Yeah, I dare anybody else out there to receive a better package and a better gift all in all. I mean, the popcorn is fantastic. Big fans of, the, of Gary's popcorn, and anybody who's had the benefit of enjoying it can definitely vouch for that. And having a whole bucket full of it. It was just amazing. And I was very happy with that and very grateful. But then you nailed me with that amazing hit the deck jersey, which is beautiful. And I love it so much. It looks good on, on you. It, well, thanks. But it, yeah, that just goes to show you could look good on anybody. But the whole package and then then the cup itself was so cool. And the brilliance of 
making it safe that you can eat the popcorn out of it instead of drinking champagne out of it, but was phenomenal. And you can see all of it too. We've put pictures up of the Makamaski Cup on Instagram, on our Instagram page. So you know exactly what we're talking about. Gary did a fantastic job describing everything so well. It is uh, just our Instagram. If you have forgotten, we are hit the deck on Instagram. So D-E-K deck, just H-I-T-T-H-E-D-E-K. Thank you, sir. Mm -hmm. And yeah, definitely go check it out. Uh, but uh, but if we do compete in the LIQ for a trophy and I'm on the losing team, I'm not giving it up. So I'm just telling you right now. So. Well, in fact, James, as we discussed, we are going to get into this a little bit later. But we did, in fact, have a tournament this weekend in the LIQ, this Memorial Day weekend. The first ever uh, LIQ, <laughs> well, <laughs> it, it kind of... The first tournament we completed anyway, we started one way, 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 way back when it was just like eight of us and we were using nets that were four by three when we didn't know what we were doing. But um, yeah, we uh, th this this was a one day tournament and you and I were both on the winning team. So in fact, even I'm not saying that you should offer that up as a trophy, because as I said, it is yours, uh, yours to keep. And uh, I, I do not feel like you need to feel like you need to offer it up. Did that that almost made sense. I, I, feel I like followed you it. Need to, uh, all right. Anyway, yeah, you know what I'm saying. So, um, but it, even if you had, you won the tournament. So you earned the cup. You get to keep it now. Thank you. Uh, but a stipulation, I would be more than happy to share it among our teammates like the traditional Stanley Cup is shared among the teammates of the NHL that win it. So that's I'm cool with that as long as I'll get it back. But uh, <laughs> if, yeah, if, if we compete for it and then all of a sudden my team doesn't win, then there's no trophy. If my team <laughs> does win, then, yeah, we, we keep the McComsky Cup. That is convenient. <laughs> oh, I got a great idea. Yes. Here's, here's what happens. Regardless of who wins or loses, at the end of the tournament, your daughter presents the cup. <laughs> and if she has to give up her namesake's cup to a team that does not have her daddy on it, mm -hmm. I dare anybody to try and take that cup from that little girl's hands. So that there you go. There's there's the safe gap. <laughs> Let's if I give that to her, she's going to take it and she's going to run in the other direction because she's she's six and she can't stand still. Hey, she earned it anyway. I mean, she's so cool and, and wonderful and, and adorable. So I wouldn't mind that either. If I if I had to lose the cup. To your daughter, I'd be more than honored to make sure it's in good hands. If we wind up, if we wind up doing another one of these tournaments, yeah, I might be convinced to be able to make another one. It's not the expense so much as the just the time and uh, effort that it needs to be put in. But um, I, I, I potentially could be convinced. Okay. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. All right. But, but um. Yeah. In that event, you know, we would have one expressly made for that purpose. You you don't have to give up yours. Okay, good. Thank you, sir. Uh, <laughs> and if I do that, I might even make a YouTube feature out of it. I didn't film any of this cup making for James because I never even thought of it in a deck hockey context. I just figured, oh, this is a gift for my friend and there's no reason I need to put it on. But, you know... If it winds up being a, a tournament trophy, then that, that might be a horse of a different color. Okay. All right. Fair enough. And uh, then, you know what? Or maybe a Zamboni we of a different color, perhaps. <laughs> I, I like that better. Yeah. 
and then maybe, yeah, even though you, you'll probably, it's your idea and your creation, but maybe we'll name it after Rob or one of the guys that is the true forefathers of the LIQ. I don't know, the McCullough Cup, I, I applaud the sentiment, but it doesn't quite roll off the tongue. Okay. Well, yeah, Cup. I mean, your family anyway, so. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, we'll think about it. Okay, cool. But there's another tournament going on in between, right? That we should talk about? Uh, yeah, I think some other organization <laughs> uses that same design for their trophy, and I think they're playing that tournament right now. Yeah, at the recording of this podcast, the... Stanley Cup final is underway. Indeed it is. And uh, as Gary and I asked last year, we'll ask again, do you even care out there in the hit the deck land? Uh, We talked about the fact that uh, if your favorite team didn't make it to the conference final, if you were still watching the playoffs and if you were going to wait until who was going to make it to the Stanley Cup final before you watched again, or if you're not watching at all. But in case you don't know, The Nashville Predators are playing the Pittsburgh Penguins as the Penguins look to do another back-to-back cup victory. And at the recording of this podcast, Pittsburgh is in the driver's seat. They're up two games to none over the Nashville Predators. So uh, does anybody care out there? Are you rooting for Nashville or you're rooting for the other guys or you're just it's baseball season. Leave me alone. You know, we'd like to we'd like to hear what your uh, what your take on it is. And Mr. American Rhino, I I know the answer already. But for the sake of conversation, are you pulling for anybody? Yeah, I mean, I I only care in as much as I'd like the Penguins to lose. It's not even that I want Nashville to win particularly, but they're the team that's in there in the finals. So I guess by default, I'm rooting for them. But I'm I'm not watching the games. You know, I mean, if I see the highlights like on the news the next day, okay, fine. Although there haven't been very many highlights from where I'm sitting the last couple of games. But uh, I am quite biased. Being a Rangers fan, I, I, of course, despise the Penguins. So honestly, though, it, it doesn't even seem to be just limited to Ranger fans. We were talking about this this past weekend at the, the LIQ tournament, how it, it seems like everybody who's not a Penguins fan is pulling for Nashville. So, I mean, I guess that's good for them from a you know morale standpoint, but it doesn't seem to be helping them very much as yet. Yeah. And the other thing, too, it's, it's amazing how Nashville got that far and, and Congratulations to them for making the Stanley Cup final. Yeah, certainly. I mean, they, they, yeah, knocking off Chicago in a sweep was amazing. I could not believe that they did that. Then they got past St. Louis in six games and Anaheim in six games. So that just goes to show you how riding a great goalie will get you so far in, in the postseason. And Pekka Rene is one of the best in the games. But other than that, I'm not too familiar with Nashville other than P.K. Subban and Ryan Johansson. But they seem to have enough offense to get as far as they did. And and that was no cakewalk to get to the Stanley Cup final for them. For Pittsburgh, on the other hand, I mean, the East has been nasty for the last few seasons. Mm-hmm. And knocking off Washington in seven was uh, was amazing. And then Ottawa had, they were just world beaters and, and rallied around their great goalie and that touching story of uh, Anderson's wife battling cancer. And God bless her, she's cancer-free, and I hope mm. she stays that way. And anybody else dealing with that horrible disease can beat it. But there, there they are again. Pittsburgh is, is back. And as much as I hate to admit it, they earned it because that was uh, another tremendous road to get to the Stanley Cup final. And they they went two series that, that went the distance, too, Pittsburgh. So... I'm sure the NHL is happy that they're back and uh, Nashville as a couple of years ago when they hosted the all-star game, they proved what a great hockey town they are. So 
if, if anything, yeah, I'm pulling for the Predators too, mm-hmm. for the record. So let's see what happens. Well, I think part of the reason why Nashville is something of a surprise is because, at least to you and I, is because Tennessee isn't what you would consider a traditional hockey market. So not to say that there aren't, you know, rabid Nashville Predator fans. It's just for us in places like New York and I would imagine, you know, Minnesota or Detroit or any of these traditional like hockey towns, you know, when you think of Tennessee, you probably don't think of hockey. Yeah, exactly. It's they refer to it as Music City because that's where country music is. That's its heart and soul is in Nashville, Tennessee. So exactly. I think of guys like uh, Johnny Cash and, and Elvis and uh, Dolly Parton and stuff. So, But it's true, man. I mean, they, they somehow pulled it off and have done a great job there. I thought they did an excellent job with the All-Star game, too. That was fun to see with our own eyes up front and close how and personal how good a town and hockey town that it is. But I, yeah, if I were a betting man, I'd never think that it would get off the ground in Nashville and do as well as it has. Hey, the so NHL. While we're talking about Nashville, did you hear about the guy who got arrested at the Penguins game? So, no, I did not. Okay, so apparently, uh, let me let me preface this. So uh, apparently, years ago, like a, a bunch of years ago, in the early two thousands, I think early to mid two thousands, they did this. It was a thing for a short time in Nashville that. I guess when they would score, people would throw catfish on the ice. Ew. So, because they're cats, I guess, and it's, uh, I don't know, I, whatever. Oh. But, um, <laughs> so, fast forward to the playoffs now, and a Tennessee fan snuck in a catfish head. <laughs> I read about this in the paper. He snuck in a catfish head by putting it between layers of underwear. Oh, goodness gracious. He had apparently run over it several times with his car just to make sure it was extra flat and easy to conceal. And I guess when uh, when the Predators scored, he threw it on the ice. Oof. And so not only was he ejected, but he was also brought up on three separate charges for this. And, wow. And, and PETA has jumped into the fray, and they want him uh, prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. Oh, all right. Now, listen. No. Um, I miss. No, okay. go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. For, I didn't hear about that at all, and I appreciate you bringing that great story to hit the deck here. But I, maybe I know that noodling is pretty popular down south. That is catfish fishing, where mm-hmm. people actually go in the waters oh, they themselves, like grab it with their hands, right? Yes, yes, yeah, yes. Okay. So I don't know if that has anything to do with it, but catfish are nasty, nasty fish. Anybody who's fished out there. Yeah, Gary and I are from New York, but growing up as a little boy, my father would take my brother and and take me camping and stuff. So we've always gone fishing and things. So uh, New York State is a beautiful state. It has lots, lots, lots to offer in terms of outdoors and uh, nature and stuff like that, as opposed to just being here in New York where uh, everything is paved over and everybody's living on top of one another. Anyway, we've caught catfish ourselves in upstate New York and the Catskills and stuff. And they are nasty fish, and they're scaly, and you really have to be careful to take the hooks out. As a matter of fact, one catfish we caught had multiple hooks in its mouth because people would just cut it and put it back in the in the lake. So, okay, Pete, I understand, yeah, cruelty to animals of any kind. I'm not promoting that at all. 
And just for the record, when my father, brother, and I go fishing, we always throw the fish back. We don't keep them. And we make sure that we use hooks that it's easily enough that they could take out of their mouths themselves or we could just do it ourselves, ideally, and put them back in safe and sound. But, uh, you know, come on, catfish, it's it's not like it's uh, an endangered species or something, but uh, that's a little bit much. But for the fan's sake, as a fan, I tip my cap to him and I tap my stick because that is some devotion yeah. because his life is over. He can't go back to see a predators game ever again so i hope it was worth it but boy oh boy well no this was in pittsburgh that it happened oh that's right yeah Yeah. how stupid of me both uh both yeah the 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 series is in pittsburgh first so and actually Uh, excuse me there is a a bit of a happy ending it seems like or at least it seems like it's going to be a happy ending the city uh, or town of Pittsburgh, whatever, decided not to prosecute. They declined to prosecute because basically, I'm paraphrasing here, but the gist of it is they've got more important things to, you know, to, to police Good. than somebody throwing a, a fish head on the ice at a hockey game. I'm glad to hear it. If we're a penguin head, then that would be a little bit much. But, mm-hmm. <laughs> but see, here's here's where the, the hypocrisy comes in for me. Yes. Because... How many years? 80, yep. maybe? I don't I don't know. I'm just ballparking. How many years have they been throwing octopi on the ice in Detroit? Excellent. So, Excellent like, point. you know, why is PETA all of a sudden unhappy about this? You, you know, you can't, like, just take one isolated incident and decide to to rally around it and, you know, stick your flag in when in another town they've done a lot worse, basically. You'd make an excellent judge. That is fantastic. Perfect point. And I think it speaks to the hypocrisy and paranoia of the world we live in nowadays where everything is instant messaging and texting mm. and, and everybody has a phone and, you, and you're recording everything instantly. So I don't know if somebody said, hey, Pito, you're going to stand there and, and take this and not do anything about it. And then they had to, oh, all right, I'll... I'll be a quote unquote, I'll be a man and step up and and stop this nonsense. But you're exactly right. There's no difference because people could say, well, people eat squid and and octopus and stuff. Well, people eat catfish, too. So there's no argument. You're absolutely right. The American rhino judge and jury. Well done, sir. Speaking of things being recorded by phones, this is completely off topic for our hockey podcast. But Uh uh, being a fellow Mets fan, James. Did you uh-huh. happen to see what happened with Mr. Met last night? I want to know the other side of that story. I, I do, know- too. But yeah. for those of you who don't know... At- he was just saying the Mets were number one. I mean, yeah. was- God, I love Mr. Met. I, I, I agree with him. During Wednesday's Mets game, presumably at the end, I'm not sure exactly when it happened because there wasn't a lot of context given. I'm guessing it was at the end of the seventh inning stretch because that's when Mr. Matt tends to go in for the night. That that's when his his uh you know day his work day is done. So basically somebody took a cell phone video of this. That's really the only reason we know about it. But the Mets were losing they lost the game seven to one. They they did very poorly. And so I guess some fans i don't know if they were angry mets fans or just uh fans of the other team that happened to be there but they they seem to be razzing mr met a little bit and as he's walking down the tunnel to go back into the the clubhouse he turns around and flashes the finger at the fans (laughs) and then just walks away 
in Mr. Met's defense, he has four fingers. So he was just saying, number one, you know, what What do you want? Now, he could do a thumbs up. And he could do it's a- uh, just if there's someone listening to this podcast who is somehow unfamiliar with Mr. Met, he is a man that is dressed in a baseball uniform with white gloves for hands and large, I guess, shoes for shoes. And um, his defining feature is a giant baseball for a head with a, a face, you know, featured full full facial features on it. And, you know, he's for the mouth. He's got just a big grin. So he's just uh, and he's got a Mets hat on on top of the yeah. baseball head. So just and the official uniform, too. Yeah. Right. Yeah, of course. Whatever uniform they happen to be wearing, the Mets happen to be wearing for that game, uh, whatever Excellent. color, you know, or style yep. they happen to be wearing for that game. That's the uniform that Mr. Met will wear. Um, but so. Just, but just the uh, the kind of juxtaposition of this big silly grin on the baseball head, just kind of merrily flashing the finger to a bunch of fans. <laughs> I thought it was very funny. I knew he was going to get in big trouble, and in fact, he's. I don't. I'm not sure if he's been fired or just suspended, but I know they they made a point to say that he would not be wearing the costume for the game today. But yeah, so <laughs> it's just. But that's that's the kind of thing that, again, this I don't want to sound like an old man here, but you know that's just a, a sign of the times. Because even ten years ago, five years ago, probably, yeah. you wouldn't have nobody would have seen this because you know you wouldn't people wouldn't have had whipped out their phones and taken video of it because really only a very small handful of fans could have even seen this because he was far down the tunnel when he did it, and I'm sure that's what he was counting on that nobody would see it, but. It just so happens that one of these fans that was razzing him happened to be filming it. So now it's gone viral and it's a it's a thing. So, you know, Mr. Matt is no longer either temporarily or permanently because he decided to engage with some rowdy fans in uh, a a non PG manner. And of course, as James and I know, and anyone of you who are a Mets fan knows the Wilpons who own the Mets they consider themselves a family organization and i'm i'm all for that but this looks bad this looks very bad for them for their family organization the 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 constant losing and inability to pitch is fine but you know mr met flashing a you know the finger to like three people at the end of a tunnel that were harassing him that will not stand yeah and and i dare say that the 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 Pieces of trash that goaded Mr. Met into that are not people. I think they're they're really probably that was their goal to do something stupid like that, and and now they're they're all happy and, and patting themselves on the back for something going viral. And that's another thing too. On another topic, if if, if you don't mind, is that uh, I I really have no respect for anybody out there who just walks around with a cell phone looking to cause trouble and trying and make a name for himself. Because forget about 15 minutes of fame now. Now it's 15 seconds of fame. Because all these dummies have these phones and, and look to to become popular on uh, on YouTube and Facebook and Instagram and all that stuff. So I'm all 100% on Mr. Met's side. I'm sure that the, the piece of trash that goaded him into that, I hope that they find that little weasel. And I would love to take a bat to that so-called fan. Not saying what I would do with that bat. But anyway, God bless you, Mr. Met. And I'm on your side. So, But you're right, Gary. That That's the problem with this world and society is people go by what they see and they don't go by the facts or uh anything that went into it 
and it's not fair. So we're getting back to that that fan with the catfish head. It's the same thing, exactly. It, it's a perfect example is that Detroit, the Red Wings, they prided themselves on the octopus. So go figure. I even I've even seen footage of a chicken, a live chicken being thrown on the ice somewhere. So I don't know. That's bizarre. <laughs> yeah, that is bizarre. It left a little gift on the ice too, by the way. But uh-huh. anyway. Oh, um, I'm, a I'm Sydney glad Crosby? Sharks fans don't throw sharks. Oh, excuse me? It, it left a Sidney Crosby on the ice? <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> All right. Excellent. Oh, oh, also, before I forget, get off our lawn. <laughs> Crazy kids. Yes, exactly. Your long hair and your rock and roll. Yeah. Anyway, all right. I just, I just half snorted there. Oi, my, yay, yay, yay. Anyway, uh, what's, what's, our, what's our last topic for the podcast, James? Well, trying to hold back the hands of time is our uh, hockey, our deck hockey resolution, where we promised to try and improve our, well, at least I promised to try and improve my game because I need so much to do so. But to uh, enforce it and have no excuse of not doing so to check up every first month of uh, or first day of each month of the podcast. So that brings us to check up number five. But uh, as Gary was saying, we're coming off of an awesome red letter day in the LIQ. Mm-hmm. So uh, our hard work really did pay off this time. So Gary, if you wouldn't mind kind of giving us some highlights and, and a few things about how, we uh, and thanks to you with the DDP yoga lending that to me as well. How that has really helped us so much and uh, improved our games. Well, oh yeah, okay. So if you want me to go over the the tournament that we were talking about, the what happened this weekend, it was a as as we've mentioned before on the podcast, the LIQ is is a pickup league essentially. So we have a bunch of guys, and that not that we restrict ourselves to guys, but that's all who've decided to take us up on the offer to join so far a bunch of guys that are part of the facebook group and we're always trying to recruit to bring out new faces and so this past weekend i guess being memorial day weekend people were free and we haven't played in like a month so people were maybe hockey constipated to uh (laughs) to want to come out and really just come out and play and we got our biggest numbers so far we had 16 guys so we were able to have two full teams of three on three and uh, goalies and so or i'm sorry four teams two whole games of three on three and so we had we play in a park and so we had two games going simultaneously uh like next to each other essentially and uh, then the winning teams played each other, and James and I wound up on the winning the 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 team that won ultimately our our little tournament. So that was uh, it was a great time. Yeah, and Gary would never admit it, but he was our team captain, and he picked the team. So excellent job at that. And there were new faces at the LIQ, which I was pretty excited to to see. And uh, the two teammates that that Gary picked for us he, first of all you wasted your first pick on me and I thank you so much you're such a sweetheart but uh, a, a man named John and another guy named Brian teamed up with us and we just gelled for some reason we played very well together John and Brian were just great great guys and great players and they were always in good position they passed the puck so well and they had good shots and they were unselfish 
and we just and Gary was his, his usual self in net. So it just all came together and it was so much fun and, and we really enjoyed ourselves and played well. And this was the first game that James and I had played since the Rose Charities tournament. So that this was uh, definitely a huge bounce back showing for both of us. Exactly right. That's another great point, too, because um, Gary, as he was saying, we had four nets set up on, on each side of the handball court. So I think this was probably Rob and uh, and probably Mike's and, and I think Brad's too. their dream come true because we've been trying they've been trying to do this for such a long time. Mm. And it, it just all fell into place. And everybody who said he was going to come showed up. So we were able to do it. We had the, the whole squad's and it was a blast. I think everybody really enjoyed himself. And the weather was really nice, too. But, yeah, it was a little bit on the warm side. But I'm not going to complain about that because it didn't rain. So <laughs> that's good. And, uh, yeah, we, we had the, the four reg- regulation nets. Everything was, was, was equal and balanced. And Gary had the scoreboard he made on our side that we were playing. And then on the other side, the old system of his cell phone and the speaker. So And how it was set up was amazing because the games, all four – well, yeah, the, 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 the games that were going on simultaneously were basically lined up exactly. Like there was only a couple seconds between each, uh, each game. So it was really remarkable. And yeah. It was a great job there, we didn't Gary. We didn't try to sync it up, but just sh- purely by chance, um, the, both teams wound up timing out within five seconds of each other. Bo- both games, rather, wound up starting within five seconds of each other. And amazingly, both games wound up going to overtime. Yeah, that's right. You can't make that stuff up. But uh, right, Gary, we, we won game one in overtime, five to four, because nothing less than great teamwork, because the team that we played against was really good mm-hmm. and pushed us to the to the limits. And again, Gary was as solid as possible. Annette made some huge saves for us, and, and, and we were able to uh, capitalize off of those great saves. And uh, again, John and, and Brian were always in good position passing the puck well, setting each other up. And we even had a couple of uh, two-on-os and, and breakaways and things. And it just it, it flowed so well, and everybody was there to set up a rebound or something or a good pass here and clearing the pass there. So it just really worked out well. The defense was solid, and, and we, we, we won in, uh, in overtime. And that was just a thrill, and, and all thanks to being in good shape or at least better shape and and being prepared for it. Yeah, James says that I was really solid and made some great saves, but honestly, you guys picked me up huge cuz we went we were down 3 nothing to start this game and you came back to tie it and then I gave up a real softy uh, right at the start of the third period and again, you guys came back to tie it and ultimately win in overtime. So I owe you guys huge for for picking me up there. I take full responsibility for at least two of those because there was one shot that went through me first and I was screening you and that's how that one went in. And there was another one where I turned the puck over deep in our own zone and just gift wrapped another goal there. So do not take full responsibility for either of those. So I have to admit that it was my goofs that cost us. But thanks to uh, Brian and John, they they bailed me out. So um, I I am indebted to them for, for a long, long time. And I hope that they come back out, too, because uh, good guys, and, and we, we really enjoyed it. And that's thanks to to Brad's uh, LIQ website that uh, people actually search it out and want to play deck. And that's how these guys join. So uh, hopefully we can get some more out there. And, yeah, definitely females. We'd love to have anybody out there who wants to play. Uh, there's really no limitation at all. If, if you're willing to play and you want to play, 
bring a stick and a pair of sneakers and away you go. It doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, uh, man, woman, or anything else. So mm-hmm. we'd uh, love you at the LIQ. And then in game two, James, that we played, uh, the, the I guess, uh, final of the tournament yeah. where we played the other winning squad, I, I have to say, I didn't think this was possible, but I we won that game, I believe, 8-3, to three, and I still think I got outplayed. Yeah, in the notes, I just wanted to remind ourselves that I was glad that you got to see that firsthand. So uh, Jeff was the the gentleman's name in goal. Jeff, yes. Uh, I don't I don't know if he wants his uh, his full name out there for everyone to to know because uh, he is a little bit of a I guess local weather celebrity. But his name is Jeff. Oh, cool. Anyway, uh, he plays a fantastic goal. And uh, exactly. It, it sounds strange saying that, OK, that we won eight to eight to three. But there was one instance and I think it was in the first or second period that Jeff lost his stick and he just continued to keep the puck out of net. We were just hounding him shot after shot. It was and we kept. Yeah, it was the first period. He lost his stick. He and he faced like six shots in a row and he was a brick wall. It, it was unbelievable to watch. Yeah, he played so well that uh, we were all in awe. I mean, we're trying to score on him, and at the same time, our eyes are bulging out. We're going, "Wow, whoa!" You know, so it was really just. To, I'm glad, Gary, you saw that for your own eyes because that's what we're trying to say: that how good a goalie that you are, and when the defense breaks down in front of you, that if you're facing, it doesn't matter if it's ten shots or fifty shots, if you're camped out in front of the other guy's goal and you're sh- firing at will. Uh, it, you could still play a great game and still be a great goalie and keep your team in it, even though that you're being peppered and, and it's not fair that you're doing it all by yourself and still end up losing by a wide margin. But the final score really doesn't say much in that aspect. But uh, Jeff was put and, and I think he said that he jammed his toe or may have even broken his toe. And that didn't hinder him at all. He was just like uh, Spider-Man out there keeping yeah. the puck out of the net. He put up a picture of that. It's, it's pretty ugly. Okay. But uh, right, that's what Gary's trying to say, and 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 Mike mentioned as well. That's what it takes to play goal, and uh, we love you guys, and we appreciate you, and and we can't play without you. So thank you. Mm-hmm. And if you are a goalie that's worried about hurting your toe, then you should check out the segment that we did on the tough toe coating that you put on, or that I put on my sneakers. Check the archives for that. Absolutely. Great point. Very, very good point there, Gary. Yeah, that's one of the reasons why we tried to suggest that to uh, keep your feet and toes nice and uh, protected because they do take a beating in deck hockey. And I could vouch for that, too, being a defenseman, because not only the pucks are hitting you, but sticks and blades and people stepping on you, too. So uh, being in goal, I can't imagine trying to, to stop with a toe save and then taking the brunt of it with your sneaker without any protection. That's no fun. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, getting back to our preparation, uh, Gary again, lent me the DDP yoga. I think we were able to improve on our cardio and exactly coming off of the brutal, brutal conditions that were the Rose charities tournament. It was wonderful running around just six minutes a piece, the periods as opposed to 22 nonstop minutes. And we just played really well together and, and it worked out great. And, and, Congratulations to the LIQ. Hopefully we can do that more in the future. Although setting up the nets wasn't that much fun and breaking them down either, but I guess a small price to pay in the long run. Yeah, as far as the DDP yoga goes, I've fallen completely off the wagon with that. I'd, I'd love to 
have a good reason. I just, I have plenty of excuses, but, uh, you know, at the end of the day, I just haven't been doing it. And that's, it's unfortunate. And I'm glad that it didn't come back to bite me uh, on Sunday. So, um, you know, I, I'm not going to promise anything. In ter- I, I, I'd love to say, but I'm rededicating myself. And uh, from now on, I'm never going to not, I'm never going to skip a workout, but you know, we'll, I'll just try my best to get back into it because that's really all I know myself and that's all I can commit to right now. You know, hopefully I keep improving. Absolutely. Whatever you're doing is working. So great job, American Rhino. (laughs) Thank you, sir. Likewise. Thank you. And just before we wrap up real quick, I just want to remind all of you that the World Ball Hockey Championships are going on right now in the Czech Republic in Paradubis. I have no idea if that's even close to the correct pronunciation of the city, but that's where they are. And if you listened to last week's podcast, then you heard our interview with Amber and Cherie from the women's U.S. team. And they will be playing their first game on Saturday. So depending on when you listen to this, they may have already played. When you listen to this, the men will definitely already have played their first game. And you can check all of that out on the website for this tournament, which we have linked, and I think we'll link again on our Facebook page. And I'm going to actually make a a sincere effort to update our Facebook page regularly with the results of the U.S. games. So that way you can follow along with what's been going on. And so, you know, if you want to check it out, they are live streaming the games, so you can check the link on our Facebook page to get you to the tournaments page. And if you do get there, it's a little confusing. I'll tell you how to find the games. So on the upper left-hand corner, you click the menu, you go to either men or women, depending on which games you're interested in, and you click on streams. And then you will see all the games listed for all the teams, and you can click on that particular team, and it'll show you the stream of the game that you want to see. Bear in mind that most of these are going to be pretty early in the morning. I think the men will have played, if you're listening to this on Friday, the men played at 5 a.m. this morning. And Saturday, the women are playing at 6 a.m., but they should have the replays as well. You should be able to access the streams after the fact. So if you want to check it out, go and check it out. I strongly recommend it. And in the meantime, you know, um, USA, USA, you know, let's go red, white, and blue. Last minute remaining in the podcast. Thank you, Pops. And so that's going to do it for another episode of Hit the Deck. And we are so very thankful that you decided to join us. And we hope you enjoyed yourself. And we would like to thank Pops for being the voice of the podcast. We would like to thank the LIQ for sound effects used in the podcast. Anthony Sajazi for music used in the podcast. Thank you to everybody uh, who has helped make this podcast what it is. Thank you to you for listening. Thank you again to our our Team USA guests from last week. And as I just said, we want to encourage you and wish you the best. And we're all behind you. Go show them what the U.S. is made of and spread the great sport of ball hockey, deck hockey, uh, the other thing we usually say, street hockey, street hockey. That's it. 
I've only been doing this for 58 episodes. Anyway, yeah, so uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I've already gone off the rails. Fortunately, it's the end of the episode. Please, 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 if you want to tell me how off the rails I've gone, please email <laughs> us at hitthedeck at gmail.com. Hit us up on Facebook, on Instagram, at hitthedeck, on Twitter. Tweet at us at hitthedeckpod, or uh, on YouTube. Our channel is Hit the Deck Podcast. And you can enjoy the deck hockey stylings of James and myself. Subscribe. I encourage you to subscribe on YouTube, please, and subscribe to this very podcast on Apple Podcasts. I think that's what I said it was last week in Stitcher and uh, anywhere else that you might find your podcast. Anywhere that you get that podcast fix, that sweet, sweet podcast fix. Oh, yeah, that's the stuff. James, is there anything else you'd care to add? Um, no, I'm done. Thank you. Well done, sir. Yeah, okay. All right. Well, that being the case, I would, of course, <laughs> like to close by reminding you that no matter what you're doing, competing internationally or just competing out in the street in front of your house, I would urge you to remember it's deck hockey. Don't be that guy. Thanks, everybody. I'm, you know, I'm not going to make any, uh, any words, apparently. Um, I, <laughs> sorry.